Mark, uh, big Champions League football games yesterday, uh, particularly uh, Shakhtar Donetsk, obviously the Ukrainian side, having to play their games in Germany, lost most of their best imports. So it's basically a Ukrainian 11, and they beat Barcelona 1-0 yesterday. Yeah, that that's a big victory, isn't it? That's absolutely massive, and uh, we are going to talk more about that with Matt Reid, out of the UK football journalist who has uh, written for all the big mags over there and interviewed some of the biggest names as well. Good morning, Matt. How are you? I'm all right, thanks, Rick. I'm very well. That uh, That is a fantastic result for Shakhtar. Certainly one I didn't see coming. Cost me a multi yesterday, I've got to say. Uh, but, yeah, a great, great result for Shakhtar, a great result for the Ukraine. Yeah, absolutely fantastic, and and it's one of those where the Champions League does throw these uh, these up quite regularly, and I get kind of frustrated by the fact that you get to that last eight of the competition, uh, and it's uh, four English clubs, it's three Spanish clubs, it's two Italian clubs, maybe a couple of German clubs, possibly PSG. I've got more than my eight clubs there, I think now with my count up, but, but typically 16, the smaller yeah, leagues. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, uh, it's there, but you know what I mean. The typically those smaller leagues aren't represented, and and the beauty is in the group stages, you do find that there will be one or two shock results that do come up um, and it keeps the uh, competition feeling vibrant and feeling like feeling unpredictable and, and ruining your hackers as well so um, yeah sorry for that part of it but it, it's it's refreshing because far too many of the groups as they stand it's those big teams again it's those predictable like top two seeds and you know, top leagues that are leading them so uh, a really big thing that especially with the uh, the war situation in, uh, in Ukraine yeah Oh, looking at, at I think it's Group G is at Man City. So you know, I mean, looking at the former sides, that they look to be the dominant side right now. But are they in a weak group for for Man City? Yeah. Um, it's it's um, young boys are are really really disciplined and organised side, and admittedly they were turned over by Manchester City yesterday, who were just too good in that situation. You've got two teams there at the top: the German side, RBs like Leipzig and uh, and City, who are already qualified because of their domination. There are two games to go. Uh, maximum number of points that those sides can now get um, um, Red Star, Belgrade and Young Boys is six more so they can't reach the nine points that uh, RB have already got to um, you would have expected those two to progress but the, the domination the dominance of, uh, of those two sides uh, is really really stark uh, Manchester City um, four wins out of four um, and RB you've got three out of four uh, I mean they're kind of like Man City are an unstoppable unit uh, as it stands so um, yeah you've got the favourites there for the whole the whole tournament and again but we can't forget the fact that Manchester City and the Champions League Manchester City won it for the first time last year and as, and as big and powerful as they are and as incredible their side is we don't see teams winning this competition back to back. We just we just don't see it. Uh, Real Madrid are the kind of exception to the rule, um, but I mean it's been the last time that an English club um, um, won this back won this uh, competition back to back. Well, one English manager. Um, well, we're looking at back in the 70s and 80s, back in there with the Liverpool's of this world, and then prior to that point, an English manager with um, uh, with Brian Clough. Um, so it, it it doesn't really happen when you get teams with this like level of domination. Um, so it would be a big thing if Manchester City managed to win this tournament again for the second time and if I had my money if I had to bet at this point I wouldn't bet on Man City just because this is what happens you think there's an over, overwhelming favourite in this competition they get to the semi-finals and they get stitched up by a uh, by an Inter Milan or by a, by a Napoli or by somebody who maybe you don't quite expect Why? Why do you reckon it is so hard to go back to back? 
I, I think it's I think it's the pressure that comes with that uh, and the expectation. Um, and I think very few sides out there have that level of arrogance. Um, Real Madrid are the, are the exception to that. I mean, they are the, the dominant team historically in this competition. Um, they've won double the amount of uh, amount of Champions Leagues of anybody else. Um, and, uh, and in recent years, obviously, they've had some stunning players and under Zidane, they were winning this this this, this tournament and they had the Rodaldos of this world and the Gareth Bales, etc. They had you know, the best players on the planet with the exception of, uh, of Lionel Messi. Um, but I think it's an arrogance. I think it's just that dealing and, and dealing with the pressure and handling that pressure and expectation. Uh, Manchester City have proven in recent years because they've won um, three Premier Leagues in a row and that doesn't happen. Uh, three uh, league titles in a row just simply doesn't happen. It happens in uh, in the Netherlands. It happens in Germany with Bayern Munich. Uh, it happens in Scotland. It happens in a handful of leagues. It happens during Juventus's r- run uh, in Serie A before um, issues kind of started to arise with uh, financial doping and um, and certain questions about that. And it happens in, in France at the moment, but in England it doesn't happen. So maybe Manchester City have shown signs uh, in their, their domination of the, the Premier League over the last three years, they do have that arrogance and they do have that confidence and belief. Um, but I think those doubts will start creeping in again. But bear in mind, that's their first European uh, European Cup, first Champions League that they have won. Uh, and they did it last year. It would be enormous if they managed to, to win it again. Now, the, the group that has been dubbed the group of death uh, is Group F. Borussia Dortmund hit yeah. it on seven points. Then PSG on six, AC Milan on five, Newcastle United on four. But it is a, a tight, tight group. And yesterday we saw AC Milan uh, come from behind to beat PSG in Milan. That PSG, that's a team that has has spent the average GDP of most countries every season on players and still can't win the Champions League. No, and, and, they, and they're looking now not as strong as they did uh, three or four seasons ago when they were going into the competition as favourites or joint favourites with Real Madrid um, or more recently with Manchester City. Um, They were two seasons ago, they were the favourites coming into the the competition and that's when they had uh, Lionel Messi, that's when they had Neymar and that's when they had this emerging talent who'd already arrived uh, in Kylian Mbappe. And they'd also managed to solidify their midfield. They had some really good players there. They had experience in goal. I mean, they've now got one of the world's best goalkeepers in uh, in Donnarumma, the Italian goalkeeper in goal. Um, but they've 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 lost they've lost some of their edge. I mean, they had uh, they had a midfield of graft and fight. They'd managed to get that balance against those attacking players because those the likes of Neymar, the likes of, the, the likes of Mbappe aren't renowned particularly for tracking back. So you need a midfield unit there, which is scrappers and which is battlers, but also players who can set up set the play going forward. And they'd, they'd struck that balance uh, three years ago. Um, but that team is is broken down now. And as much as Neymar. Has as uh, fail, did fail to deliver um, um, on the in the in the biggest nights for uh, PSG, following joining them from Barcelona a couple of years before that, um, and as much as Lionel Messi, you know, when he was there, he was certainly a couple of years past his very best, um, already into his mid thirties. Um, the the, te- the team then looked like it could be a team that would challenge, and they'd struck that balance between defence and attack. Now. I, I, I'm 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 not confident they'll get out of the group. They're currently sitting in second place in Group F. Um, Man, uh, Newcastle United, who are playing their first uh, 
Champions League season for 20 years. Uh, they taught them a footballing lesson um, when they when they met them a couple of rounds ago. Uh, AC Milan have now beaten them, um, and and uh, I mean Paris Saint Germain is a is a club of enormous size now and expectation. But that expectation is weighing really heavily on a group who aren't as strong as the group that were there two or three years previously, um, certainly two years ago. Um, and I'm I I I'd back. I think I'd back any of Dortmund, uh, AC Milan and Newcastle um, to, to finish above them. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up coming last in this group. Who are you like for the whole thing then? Yeah, it's a, re- it's a really good question. I, I quite fancy, and it is a bit curveball, and it's not because uh, because they won um, very handsomely uh, against um, Celtic last night, and that was a 10-man Celtic. But I really fancy Atletico Madrid. Uh, I think uh, attention has been, been drawn off them. I think uh, in the likes of Griezmann and Koke, uh, their creative midfielder and their kind of creative attacking player, um, they have players there who are coming toward the end of their career but just have enough left in the tank to go and push it over the line. They have a uh, a very cynical nature as far as their uh, manager is concerned and their defensive play, uh, very much have a win at all costs and uh, damn it with the ethics uh, kind of approach to football. Uh, they will do all the professional uh, gnarly jobs that you need to do on an opponent, uh, as was being experienced by uh, Brendan Rodgers and Celtic in the early stages uh, yesterday as it was looking level. And then um, a man was sent off quite rightly for Celtic uh, and uh, and Atletico went through the gears and scored some goals. I'm, I really I really do fancy Atletico this season. Um, they aren't um, fancied uh, to to win the league in uh, in Spain um, with the emergence of Jude Bellingham. Um, Real Madrid are looking good um, and I think that could take the, uh, the attention away even further from them and they could just sneak through it. You've obviously got the likes of Real Madrid with the quality that they have um, and the fact that Bellingham is now looking like one of the best players in the world. Uh, you've obviously also got um, you know, Camavinga and uh, Vinicius and some really remarkable players there um, but I think those issues at the back for them may may prove to be a bit of a problem I don't think Bayern, Bayern Munich have got the midfield anymore I think the, the uh, deeper lying players absolutely fine um, but I'm not sure if Musiala uh, I'm not sure if Komen I'm not sure if those players who are playing in the uh, supporting Harry Kane uh, necessarily have the quality to be able to go and um, really dominate at the very, very top end of Europe. Um, really good players, Musiala, Nabri, etc. But I'm not convinced that they have quite that balance. So, um, yeah, Atletico, uh, Real Madrid, uh, even Liverpool, I wouldn't rule out uh, this season. But um, Manchester City, I just don't fancy them. Liverpool aren't playing in it this season, are they? They're in the Europa League. Sorry, sorry, Liverpool for the Europa League. Um, yeah, that was that was a. They certainly they do very very well to be uh, to be winning the uh, the Champions League. They, they this would year. be. They would be. Um, no, that, they would be doing extremely well. Yeah, not Liverpool. Sorry. I, I, um, but I, I, even I, I, even, I, even Liverpool for pushing on a day. Even Liverpool yeah. for European competition. I fancy Liverpool to be successful ahead of Manchester City because the pressure is off them. Is the point I'm kind of you, making. You got Arsenal who are leading Group B. No one wants Arsenal to win it, though, do they? <laughs> no one, no one um, wants Arsenal to win anything, uh, do they? Uh, <laughs> Uh, 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 Arsenal, uh, I can't help but feel that the um, that the outburst from Mikel Arteta um, 
um, and the recent outbursts, not just the one, um, which have, have, have come in line and have, uh, have fallen very closely in line with uh, disappointing results and performances. It, it's a classic distraction ta- tactic. Uh, and he's making himself Mr. VAR. He's the guy who is commenting all the time and pointing to the injustices of the world, despite the fact that generally VAR is favouring him and generally the, the generally the uh, the judgments as has occurred at the weekend um when VAR um, trudged through a decision where the ball hadn't gone out of play because of the arc of the ball. Um, this is a situation on the uh, on the left wing uh, where uh, Joe Willock picked up the ball and it did look on a couple of occasions as the ball rolled out and rolled in. It did seem like the ball had crossed the line. Um, but again, this is the example with VAR that the officials know the rules better than we do half the time. And a lot of fans are sitting there saying there's a gap. Gary Neville, I think, on English commentary, he said, I can see there's light there. There's a gap between where the line ends and where the ball ends. And he wasn't considering that it is the arc of the ball. So even though the base of that football can have no um, no contact with the white line, as you look down from the sky, that aerial shot, if part of that football, the actual arc that isn't touching the ground, is over that white line, any part of that ball is over that white line, then the ball is still in play. We had the same at the World Cup um, um, 18 months ago. Um where uh, there was a game with Japan when the ball had gone out of play. And then and then uh, we, we, to all of us, it seemed like it had gone. But actually, the ball was still in play because of the arc of the ball. And the result, the, the decision by VAR was absolutely correct in that instance. And I'm not suggesting that VAR haven't had some serious moments uh, during this, uh, during this um, season already. Uh, and it's massively under pressure. Uh, and the referees not making decisions is not helping them in these situations. But um, Arteta then has had this... Uh, another, the latest of his rants about the injustices of VAR and the fact that they should have won the game, but they, and they would have done if it wasn't for VAR. I, I'm afraid that he's wrong. I mean, he just there, there needs to sometimes be that ownership of the performance, ownership of the results. Newcastle played really well. Now, Mikel Arteta, because he's making these points and he's having these rants, he's becoming VAR man. And he's now being spoken about in build-up to Champions League games. I mean, the questions in build-up to the to the Champions League fixtures this week has been, again, asking other managers and asking Arteta about VAR and about him being that representative of the hate campaign against it. And I'm not sure if he's just done it to distract from the bad, the bad results that they've had on a couple of occasions recently um, because he wasn't talking about VAR um, after they'd played, they'd, they've had some big wins in recent times. So yeah, it does feel like that. I can't help but feel that, um, that Arsenal aren't ready still to be uh, to be challenging at the rear end of this competition. Um, I would be very, very surprised if they were to. They'll get through their group. Um, only a point clear of Lons at the moment, but they should get rid of them through their group relatively easily. Um, they've also got Sevilla in there who aren't particularly strong and um, this is who they're facing. Um, it's a group that they should they should win pretty comfortably and they've already lost one match in it, but I just can't see them challenging for the, uh, for the, for the final uh, final trophy. Just, just a quick one from me regarding the Premier League. Well, what the hell happened? Chelsea, uh, Tottenham's been stitched up there, haven't they, in that, that last game? Is Chelsea? Because, because they had two men sent off. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. asking. What happened there? I mean, for God's sake. It was, 
it was it was an incredible uh, incredible match um they i think um tottenham are a little bit like newcastle now uh in the fact that they've started the season pretty well um both of them but both have picked up some serious injuries uh and are now going to be missing some really big players which will be which will be challenging them now um for the coming weeks um as far as how they can uh, they can um, patch their squads up to be playing so um destiny odogi who is um who's blown me away this season with the way that he's been playing um he's 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 now going to be missing he's been having sent off um you've got uh kevin vimmer um um kevin vimmer that's a completely the wrong name um sorry van der ven kevin vimmer is from a few years ago you had van der ven who was um who is now going to be missing um who else is missing for them there are there are four or five of well, their, their, went off um, two, their strongest they? James Madison off as well. Um, and there's a couple of others of their strongest uh, 11. Oh, um, Richarlison has been ruled out, not to suggest that Richarlison is currently in their uh, uh, in their strongest 11. Um, they've obviously got suspensions. It's, this is now going to be a period of real challenge for them. Um, it was, uh, it was uh, what an amazing game. What an absolutely amazing game it was. And the funny thing with that was, as much as I find um, VAR to be frustrating, is that when you have... Um, uh, two and a half minute pauses for for VAR and you have 21 minutes of stoppage time being played at the end of the game because of all of the VAR messing around that was taking place. Um, you, you kind of you can kind of forgive it if it gives you that level of drama and i mean you you must have absolutely loved watching that i mean the drama attached to that game was absolutely enormous uh, and, and it, it, i think it's just a bit of a shame that a a um a comeback team in the way that uh, Chelsea are hoping that they are at the moment um, going into that match where they start to pick up a few results and they've started to show a little bit more solidity uh, and they've got some of their bigger players like Reese James coming back. Um, a team like that coming in against Chelsea, coming in against Tottenham, especially with the fact that Ch- that Chelsea and Tottenham have this, they, Chelsea have this uh, Indian sign over Tottenham. It's a club that Tottenham do not particularly enjoy playing over 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 the last 20, 30 years, um, which is obviously a long time. Um, it was a real shame that it was impacted by red cards in the way that it was but there was some there was some maverick tackling going on in that match uh, and there could have been a few more cards uh, for me um so um there's there's questions about um there've been questions about a few people have been the inconsistencies with VAR of recent times and um for example um back to that Newcastle um Arsenal game when Bruno Guimaraes um, like ran past and seemed to um to brush an elbow rather than throwing an elbow brush an elbow at uh, Jorginho which wasn't picked up these inconsistencies are proving frustrating um but um there wasn't that much complaint from Ange Postecoglou about the um uh, the Tottenham manager about the uh, about the sendings off after the game he did get a card for remonstrating during the game um but he did acknowledge that referees need to be allowed the game and need to be encouraged to manage the game afterwards um so um yeah it was a kind of a bit of a result of their own making um, from Tottenham's perspective. Yeah, good stuff, Matt. Hey, listen, really appreciate you coming on uh, this morning and uh, giving us some uh, insight into the Champions League. Of course, more games kicking off today. We'll go through those a little bit later on. Uh, appreciate your time, Matt. Go well. A pleasure. You too. Cheers.